when you're out there and it's really big and one of these big ones come, you know, all of a sudden it's weird because you're sitting there and the ocean's like normal. And then all of a sudden the whole ocean like stands up in front of you and you drop low. And it's weird. You can't see the horizon. It's, we call it like the black pearl, you know, and you can't tell at that point how much south or how much west is in this wave. So when you see that, you have to make a decision like, am I going to go for this wave or not? And in that heat, I was like, if a big one's come, I'm going. So I knew where I was sitting. It's cool. It's nuts because you have to premeditate it because everything instinctually wants you to do something different. So I knew where I was. And I knew I was like, okay, I'm going to take two paddles out and I'm going to turn around and I'm just paddle as hard as I can in. That's CJ Hobgood. And you're listening to this Ocean Life Podcast. Hey everyone, Josh Peterson here, your host of This Ocean Life Podcast. A quick thank you to you all for spending your time with me today and for all your great support of the podcast over the last two years now. I really appreciate it. I also appreciate the support of my awesome sponsors like Rome Generation. Now like me, you may be trying to create a lifestyle business based on the ocean and adventure, but need some help growing your brand. Rome Generation is just a solution. As a full service PR agency, Rome will help with social media management, content creation, and much more to help make sure your unique story is heard by the world. You can learn more at RomeGeneration.com and see the long list of their adventure lifestyle clients like SV Delos and more. Now, you need some straps for your surfboard or paddle boards that won't let you down? Monster straps from my good friends at Mile 22 are strong, long, wide, and easy to use. They're awesome. I've had a bunch of pairs for years now, and I never go on a trip without them. Go to mile22.com to learn more and grab a pair of monster straps for 20% off when you enter the coupon code TOL, in all caps, 20, TOL20. Now, today, I'm really excited to share with you all a figure in modern surfing that continues to evolve and expand his influence in the world, Mr. C.J. Hobgood. Now, you hear his name, and you may automatically associate C.J. with an amazing professional surfing career, which is correct, where he was ASP Rookie of the Year and a former world champion. But what I really enjoyed learning today was there's so much more to CJ than riding waves. He's an identical twin to his brother Damien. CJ is a dedicated family man. He just created a movie. He's podcasting. He's helping support a major ocean lifestyle brand and way more. So today we play some clips from the movie and Two If By Sea, where CJ shares his own human experience in the world of professional surfing, we talk about pushing our limits in the ocean as we age, <laughs> mid-40s, uh-oh, the power of storytelling, raising families, and more. Lots of good stuff with CJ that I'm just really stoked to share with you all. Now be sure to check out And Two If By Sea. It's available on Amazon Prime, and as you'll hear very soon today, you don't need to love surfing to love the movie. There's something in it for everybody. And because we are all looking for more podcasts to add to our lineup, Go find and follow the Salty Stories Ships Log Podcast that CJ's launched with Salty Crew. It's really good. I love it. It's on my playlist. So thanks again, everyone. And here we go. Hey, CJ, thank you for taking time and being here today, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, CJ Hobgood. And I live in Orlando, Florida now. Um uh, wife, three curls, beautiful daughters. Um, they just started going back to school. So 
Yeah, I don't know how much, I guess your audience would know or maybe not know or. A little bit of both, you know, it's kind of the, the breadth of the different guests, everything from, you know, professional freedivers to professional surfers to guys who fish and people who just live down the street and like to fish off of their surfboard or, you know, help disabled kids in the water. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad you gave a little background there. But okay. Orlando, man, what's the wave scene like in Orlando these days? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, yes. You know, that I think that's the knee jerk reaction and I deserve every bit of it. So, yeah, I get ragged on first. You know, hey, you're probably the best surfer in Orlando. Um, <laughs> yeah, hopefully, I'm hoping so. <laughs> um, Claim it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I do. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's just kind of where, uh, we have a his, a hers, and a ours. So it's just the mm -hmm. kid dem demographics. Um, we got a 14-year-old, a 15-year-old, and then a 7-year-old together. So um, being married, getting remarried, um, all that fun stuff. Um, you know, New Smyrna is like an hour away and, and, and Melbourne where I grew up. And my my um, extended family is over there. But, yeah, man, I um, I guess I'm a dad first and then uh, – I still get to I still get to travel and surf, believe it or not. I'm still I still get blessed with that. Um, and then we have Salty Crew, um, that's about seven years old, and uh, I work there. Um, my wife's a real estate agent. Um, she's actually been pushing me pretty hard to get my real estate license. Mm -hmm. um, and I rep. Um, you know, I actually don't have any. Um, I, I was repping for Salty Crew, um, and then it got so big, and people do it better than I can do, and I recognize yeah. that, so I gave that up. I was Last year, I was uh, repping for Igloo, um, Coolers. Um, so, yeah, kind of – we did a movie. Um, I kind of mm -hmm. all sort of put it under, like, the sales umbrella. Um, so I've, I've sold sort of myself while I surfed for 20 years, and then – um, and then we sort of sold a movie, which, which has done great. And it's still, um, and two of by C is still going and, uh, yeah, that's, that's a quick snapshot. Yeah. Rad, man. That's a killer overview. And like looking at you, like it's been fun, like growing up, I think I'm maybe a couple years older than you, but watching, you know, being a surfer from the start from Santa Cruz and watching your world of competitive surfing from afar, you know, it's really been cool to you've, you and your brother have been a name that everybody's known, but I've never like dove into you. There's always certain, certain surfers that you follow over years and years, but I never really dove into you guys until recently and watched the movie and everything. So it's been really fun to check you guys out. One thing that I, for some reason, didn't know was your identical twins and why that's interesting to me because I have identical twin daughters who are in their teens now. So we sat down no. last night together no and way. I got watched the movie and to if by C, which we'll get, we're going to get into here. And it was rad because they're like competitive. They surf, but they're more competitive in terms of like sports and stuff. And so it was really cool as you guys were talking about your youth together. We were like, whoa, this is totally like them, you know? So it was rad, this little connection there. <laughs> that That is that is that is really really cool and 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 i'm i'm getting chills right now because i'm imagining it from a father's standpoint you know you were watching that movie but i'm imagining it from a father's standpoint looking at you know his his daughters and his kids um and watch them you know navigate life but then all the the things that are you know they feel like this helps me out and i use it to my advantage and oh this hinders me yeah. Um, you know, now, now I got this, you know, identical that's trying to, trying to steal and take food off my table. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It was rad, man. It was just totally like we didn't anticipate that being part of the movie. So it little it added a, a really neat twist to us. But for also for like folks listening, like you look at it, you're like, oh, cool, it's about these two guys who surf. But no, it yes, it is. But what I really like about it, and I like to kind of get into it, is it's it's like it's a story about a human experience. Yeah, there's a lot of surfing, but, but there's so much about you guys just the story of your lives is really rad. So let's talk about that for a moment. So it's and to if by C, you know, give us kind of the high level summary of what, what's the movie about and what made you guys decide to, to create this thing in the first place? Um, well, what made us decide to create it was just sheer ignorance um, because <laughs> you, 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 you know what you know. And uh, we didn't know much at the beginning and, um, and you kind of wouldn't, potentially wish this on your worst enemy and i really kind of and i'm not an actor i'm not any of those things but i really feel for you know actors that have to go you know play this role in a movie but then ultimately promote it you know i think the hardest part for us because we were so hands-on um just essentially we had to be raising the money getting mm -hmm. to the finish line um, it almost kills you you know it, it is just the medium that we're in with documentary, um, a grand slam, you know, you beat Vegas odds and then some um, to make your money back. And mm -hmm. then you make the movie and then you got to go another 110% to promote it, right? And to just constantly do the work. Um, and, uh, and that's just really hard. And it's a, it's, it's a grind and it's a, it's a big workload. Yes, it's worth it. But, um, so yeah, I would say ignorance, ignorance on that side. And then, um, but, um, you know, on the storytelling side, as far as, you know, sort of, you know, higher level level goes, um, it's, it is a surfing essentially is just a vehicle, you know, it's, it's a human story of, you know, obviously being born, trying to find your identity, um, as we found it in surfing, but having an identical twin sort of magnified the struggle mm -hmm. of even finding your identity for a period of time. Um, you know, that magnified that. And then all the, you know, sort of ups and downs that come along with that, the mistakes, the learn the process, learning process along the way. Um, having families watching, you know, the family struggle and, um, and then essentially us retiring, getting out of surfing. Um, and, and that's when the real sort of, um, yeah. poop hits the fan as far as like, um, you know, how do I provide for my family? How do I sort of do all these things? Um, and it's, uh, uh, it's, and I think anyone can relate to that. You know, I think, I think that's a relatable arc on, on sort of anyone's, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's your girl's lives or, or whatever. So I think that's what motivated us to want to tell that story. Cause we just felt that surfing was the vehicle and it, it casted a big enough of a net that um, if we, if someone could watch it and then they could have a feeling that sort of, you know, touched their, their soul or their heart, you know, um, where they almost didn't know, but they, mm -hmm. they, 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 they had a feeling when they walked away from it, then it's worth it. Then it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, and I don't know how you guys, maybe it's the production, the director, but what I, I really enjoyed about it was, there's kind of three pieces to it. One was this very personal storytelling you guys did of yourselves. You talk about personal struggles with relationships, with all that, which is like super deep stuff. Then there's like 
mixed in with rad surfing. It's still like about surfing. You guys are ripping and there's the trials and tribulations and you've won a championship and there's all that part, which is really cool and entertaining. But then you layer on top of this, which is what I thought is really cool is like Daniel Tosh narrating. Like you have this like really cool narration. You have this fun upbeat when you, you introduce like a guest speaker who's just kind of giving some commentary. You say their name and you say some little snippet about them, like, you know, first person to ever be gluten free. So you you tell this rad story that could be super duper heavy, but you do it in a way that's light and uplifting and entertaining. So I just thought that was a really unique like you guys kind of nailed it, you know, like it, it, it deserves to be on Amazon Prime because it's not just for the surf community. It could be for anybody interested in cool stories. Oh, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. And, you know, the director, Justin Persner, had a lot to do with that. And it was just like we had sort of just gone like, how do we, you know, tell like the old school Disney? Like if you think old school Disney, how can we tell that sort of, you know, narrative story? Um, where you know the narrator was talking to the characters and talking about that story arc but how, if it's going to be serious then how can it be light as well you know and and mm -hmm. um and sometimes the best intentions you don't pull that off you know um and and uh but that's that's what we were trying for yeah no it came through man it's really cool so again oh drop my phone um yeah so folks listening like you know like you don't need to be a surfing fanatic or surf historian or love like the hobgood brothers to like want to watch this you know like it's it was just rad but i got two clips i'd like to pull out that we want to i'd like to play here and then get your perspective on after the fact Welcome back to the Billabong Pro Tahiti. Last year's Rookie of the Year, Nat Young from Santa Cruz, California, takes on former world champ CJ Hobgood from Florida and Tiago Perez representing Portugal with swell like this. You can anticipate a lot yep. more action throughout the rest of the day today. This is Heat 8. You gotta understand, it's all instinct at this point. Like an animal being in the jungle, you know, he's like, all right, here's, here's the kill. You want to find the gnarliest wave out there possible. That's what the judges want to see. Have a look at this. CJ Hobgood's got to go on this one. A massive wave. The crowd is roaring. See, man, that wave explodes. Wow. Well, my first impression was he's crazy for paddling for this wave. Keep paddling. I keep paddling. I'm like, this is not good. It's almost like a hand is grabbing you and you're paddling and paddling. I got an anchor tied to my board right now. I have two exit points. I, I can either dive from the top and hopefully penetrate enough that the wave spits me off the back. Or I can pull back. And as I do that, I remember, this is how Damien went down. This is how he almost died. You know, Chopu we're talking about. And, you know, I think most people have an, I can visualize that way because it's so super famous. And, here you were, and I'll paint the kind of picture that I want to get your perspective is this big, gigantic, draining left freight train. You're paddling in, pull back, and as you describe what's going on in your mind, because you remember your brother having a similar experience getting sucked over the falls, which is kind of the last thing you possibly want to happen out there. And it kind of the same thing happens to you, man. So take us through that, because this thing is like one of those gnarly ones you see that you get shivers when the lips like four feet thick and the wave is just draining. You're like, oh my goodness. So, dude, take us through that experience of just going through that. Yeah. So, um, you know, in the movie, we 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 tie Chopu, which is the end of the road, and um, you know, so that's where me and my brother probably experienced life and death the most. Like we went to the end of the road and we would just be like 
okay. And we talked about it for like, like when we started going to this place early on, we would talk about it. Like, here's what, here's just don't be here. Like, don't have this happen to you because you could die and don't have this happen to you because you could die. But anything else you will probably be okay. And we would go over it in our head and we would, um, talk about these things and sort of premeditate them. Um, because we knew that we would end up in situations because we knew we felt so alive out there and we knew we'd end up in situations that were, um, and then, so a situation happened to my brother where he got sucked over and we sort of talked about that. Um, and then I had a situation earlier, um, early in my career in two, early 2000s where I actually ended up catching one of these big waves. Um, and it was a whole set of circumstances that allowed that to happen. A lot of it outside of my control. Um, and I was able to ride one of the biggest waves there. So we talked about, you know, why, why was this wave rideable and why are some waves aren't, um, and we sort of identify that when it's when you're out there and it's really big and one of these big ones come, you know, you all of a sudden it's weird because the, you're sitting there in the oceans like normal, and then all of a sudden the whole ocean like stands up in front of you and you drop low, and it's weird. You can't see the horizon. It's we call it like the black pearl, you know, and you can't tell at that point how much south or how much west mm. is in this wave. So when you see that, you have to make a decision like, am I going to go for this wave or not? And in that heat, I was like, if a big one's come, I'm going. And um, so I knew where I was sitting. And it's cool. It's nuts because you have to premeditate it because everything instinctually wants you to do something different. So I knew where I was. And I knew I was like, okay, I'm going to take two paddles out and I'm going to turn around and I'm just paddle as hard as I can in. So I wasn't operating at that point in that clip where like, Oh, CJ's going to turn and go. I was operating like, there it is. I'm going to have a dig. And, um, so I take two steps or two, I do pretty good paddles out and I turn around and I take off. And as I'm paddling for that wave as hard as I can, by the feeling that I'm getting is how I'm judging um, how much west or how much um, south is it because the way the wave is is it goes if it's south it's coming and it's breaking really quick quick and it's not allowing you enough of an entry when the waves are that big enough time to you know to allow you to get into it but when it when it if it has enough west to it it creates this like little pocket where the mm. south and the west is. And the water doesn't run up as quick. And it also, instead of the lip like folding like that, it goes back on itself. And when it goes back on itself, that essentially gives you the time to make the drop and get in the barrel when it's that big. Um, and that one didn't have that one didn't have that. So I was stuck in the lip. And it's funny because I'm looking at Nat Young, my competitor, and you're just like looking at him and he's looking at you and you're just like, this is not going to be good. Oh, this man. is not going to be good. And, um, and there's a few other backstories as I'm going over the falls and as I'm pinned on the bottom, um, I had like, we knew it was going to be really big this day. And I was, I had fought like, Hey, everyone needs an opportunity to have a life jacket. If they want to wear a life jacket in their heat, um, they need to be able to do that. And I remember checking in from my rash guard and they're like, you want a life jacket? And I was like, now nah, I'm good. And, um, and I didn't wear a life jacket. And so as I was going over the falls, I'm like, please, Lord, just don't let my leash come off. Don't let my leash come off oh. because I'm probably 
I'm probably going to get a point where I'm either going to pass out or I'm going to, you know, be just be on the surface and they'll, they'll, um, but as long as my leash stays on the jet ski can find me. Mm -hmm. And as I'm on the bottom, dude, my leash just blows off like the whole thing. And I'm like, dude, and I'm just, it's crazy how like when a situation becomes so bad and intense, like a car crash or something, someone's experienced, um, your, it's too much for your brain to handle, like too much for it to process. So it just kind of stops and you just think of like weird dreamy stuff. Yeah. So I'm like almost in a dream state just going, you fought for life jackets and now you're not wearing one. Oh, that's what's going through your mind. And they're not oh. going to be able to find you. Um, and then I felt the wave kind of let me go. Like if someone had you in a, like a sleeper hold or some, something there and then you kind of like, you kind of feel their grip, like let you go. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, this might be my chance to get to the surface. I'm going to take this opportunity. And I got to the surface and then the next wave comes and, and then the jet ski ends up grabbing me. But that's kind of, that's a real micro sort of um, moment with, as it relates to that audio. Yeah, dude, that's gnarly. And so you get up, get back on the ski, and you you kind of narrate. You're like, you kind of checked yourself out. You're like, wow, I'm okay. I'm not broken in half. You're like, you felt good. You went back out, got your backup board, and then got back in the lineup and whipped around and got one. So like, talk about that. Just that kind of the focus you were able to maintain to go get your other backup board and paddle back out and catch one. Yeah, and um, I've had that. I had I've, I I had that experience before, and it's actually what actually really happened there was really dumb, and and it's why I I so relate to um, any athlete. You know, we see it in football a lot, where they're like, "I'm fine, get me out for the next play." Mm-hmm. I'm fine, get me out for the next play. Um, like I'm essentially, um, you know, so not thinking very clearly. I'm obviously concussed um, in that moment. But what I found out when, um, like as a man, like, like when you are concussed, like the most truest thing about you is you just want to see if you can do it. You just want to see if you can do it again because you don't know what's going to happen next. And, um, so I'm essentially on the ski, just like, okay, I'm, I'm still alive. You know, I wonder if I can even surf anymore. Um, and I kind of just in autopilot went out and catch another wave and you can hear the guy going, Oh, what a warrior and stuff. But it's, it's kind of not that much of a warrior yeah. mentality. Like after that heat, like, um, Rosie was like, Oh, um, it's kind of gets a little emotional a little bit, but, um, mm-hmm. cause it's dumb. It's not smart. Um, yeah. And there's just things that I deal with obviously that relate to that. But, um, Rosie was like, Hey, do you want to do an interview? And, um, I was like, I got to get to the doctor. Like I knew enough at that point, um, like 15 minutes, you know, down the track where, you know, I just need to get checked out here. Um, so yeah, I get, I get checked out and, um, and I hit my head previous, like even worse. And, uh, it was funny, the same thing. I like was in dream state and I just wanted to see if I could ride a wave. And like, I was able to stand up and I rode to the beach and, um, and, uh, my brother happened to be there. So he helped me out. But, um, yeah, that's, I just don't want to paint the picture like, you know, like I'm some superhuman. It was, 
I mean, having a family and everything, it was just kind of dumb, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, though, because at the time, you're in this total zone. And when you can detach from that, like you did later on, you realize how, like, you know, selfish that was in the sense of you might have been not okay, gone back out and really gotten hurt because you weren't in the right, you know, physical shape or mental shape to do it. And your family would have suffered, others would have suffered, you know, but it's when you're in the moment doing that stuff, it's really hard to see sometimes, you know, but looking back, you're like, yeah, that was not smart. You know, we all have those moments, you know, especially in the water when you're pushing it, whether you're free diving by yourself and that fish is holed up 60 feet deep. And you're like, well, I'm just going to go get it. Even though you look back, you're like, dude, that was kind of stupid. You know, like mm. I, so many people else would suffer if something had happened to me because I didn't, wasn't smart, you know, uh, it's just part of it sometimes, you know? Yeah, that's a great, I mean, that's a great point. Like as a, you know, as the, the sort of warrior mentality goes, like it seems okay and right in that moment. Yeah. But yeah, when you do remove yourself, you're like, wow, dude, that would be so selfish. Like what, well, you know, my girls would not have a father and sort of all yeah. those things. And that, I think that's where the emotion comes from is the, you yeah. know, and that's, and that's the, I guess that's the conflict, you know, and that's the, um, that's, that's, that's what we're in. That's where we live in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's true, man. I mean, that's why we're in the ocean in the first place. Cause there's this personal challenge to see if you could ride that wave or, and sometimes, or get that fish or cross that ocean doesn't matter where some people might go, dude, that's kind of selfish, but you're going to go do it. But then sometimes when you check yourself, you're like, you know what? I wasn't physically, I shouldn't have done that going gone after that time because I just wasn't already in there. But I don't know. We all kind of struggle with that. Uh, well, so, and no, that's a good point. I mean, imagine the, the, the people that wear the squirrel suits and the people that cr climb, yeah. you know, mountains, like, like when they get to that point, um, and we saw it a little bit in the um, free solo, he just had a girlfriend yeah. and he was dealing that we're, we're, I mean, we're talking about that similar thing on a, on a little more grander scale, we're talking about wife and kids and it's, um, it's tough. It can be yeah. tough. And, and, and yeah. I think, I think that's what leads men to, um, to retire <laughs> a bit, <laughs> well, lay down the, lay down the dumb stuff somewhat and get to the next season of their life essentially. Yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> I agree with you there, man. And, uh, and there's an interesting, and I'm going to get to that too, back to the retired thing and hold, so hold that for a moment. But I do notice my own self being like, you know, mid forties now. And, you know, it's like, I got, everything's great. I'm really fortunate, but also feeling like I kind of need to push it a little bit more because I'm not 25 anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like my days of being super fit and active are shrinking. I'm still there, but I almost feel sometimes like I got to push the bar a little bit more to kind of maintain the energy and physical uh, capabilities I have now before I wake up and I'm maybe 65 and I can't do all that stuff. But I, I I'm kind of, I kind of get trapped in that. Sometimes I got to pull myself back. You know, it's, it's weird. I mean, that's a great look. I'm, you know, in my early forties and, and I, we are walking a similar path, um, a very similar path. And it's, um, it's nuts because, you know, for us to operate in this world and be engaged in our families and be loving, we have to, you know, do these adventures and, and, and push ourselves and at, you know, and sort of fire all those things so we can be normal people but how do we do it in a way where it's not you know it's an adventure but it's not performance driven but we're still checking all those boxes yeah. and that's 
and that's that's the balance you know mm -hmm. um and it is it's it's not black or white it is a gray area so um and whether it's diving or whether it's um you know it can be doing a, an endurance sport it could be just surfing um and how can we enjoy it where because sometimes if we show up in a performance mentality, that's where we can get us in trouble. So how do we okay. get there, have those same things, but leave the performance at the door? Um, every man faces that at some point in their life. <laughs> they cannot remove I that. <laughs> no, you can't, man. It's, it's inherent in us. Now, if you want to run your business while spending more time doing the things you love, talk to Rome Generation. They work with adventurers, marine brands, and experts around the world to help them stand out in the crowd. With PR, social media management, content creation, Rome Generation helps share your unique and inspiring story. The founder, Erin Carey, has been on the Social Life Podcast talking about her own roaming stories on episode 115. You can learn more how she can help you live your dream at roamgeneration.com. Now keep your gear secure on the road or at sea with monster straps. My favorite straps from Mile 22, personal friends, and makers of innovative gear for ocean sports enthusiasts. Monster straps are purpose-built for prone paddle boards, SUPs, outriggers, big wave guns, and more. But I also use them on coolers, gear, boats, and pretty much anything I need to secure. I love them. Learn more at mile22.com and enter the coupon code TOL20 in all caps for a cool 20% off your purchase. But so then back to like the, the retirement part. So you, you had been, I mean, competitive surfing again, you'd won a uh, world championship, your ASP rookie of the year. You had this amazing, just like career of surfing at some point, you know, you're like, Hey, I'm, you know, I, I'm ready to, to end this and move on to the next kind of phase. So let's play that clip from the movie and then let's, let's get into that. And CJ, word around the island of Tabarua at the moment is that you are going to be calling it quits at the end of 2015. Please tell me it isn't true. <laughs> Two years ago, I was out at Winky Pop and I looked at Damien Hardman. I said, Damien, when did you retire? And he goes, 36 years old, you know? And uh, ironically, I'll be 36 next month. Uh, now's the time. <laughs> All right, so take us through kind of that, that, that decision. I mean, I'm kind of guessing that there's so many various factors i'm guessing like personal family maybe physical you're not you're not 26 you're 36 you know keeping up with the young guys so all the different factors that made you you know go, that went into that decision yeah um i th i think for me the you know because there's all those things right um what i had the most trouble coming to grips with um and i think I've noticed this a, a lot in my life and it's just, I can't, it's, it's like, I can't lie. Like it's impossible for me. You know, I mean, my wife tells me, she's like, dude, why don't you just keep your mouth shut? Like you, you just have to speak like every bit of truth out of you. She's like, I don't need to hear all those things. Just keep your mouth shut. Um, um, so if there's any sort of internal conflict going on inside me, I, ha I, it's not true to me and, and I don't feel free or live life how I want to live it. So, um, and what I was coming to grips with was I had felt the born on date for me in the relationship that I had with surfing had expired and it had expired by about two years. And I had been looking for this exit plan. Um, and you know, like you said, I am getting, um, my, my ability in surfing is going down. 
Um, but what was real hard is I was, you know, cheating all my relationship with surfing. And I felt like I was, I was doing surfing and injustice because I was coming home while I was being with my family. I wasn't surfing. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't doing all the things that were required for me to be true to surfing and be true to that job. Um, so I'd show up and compete and I'd be like, you know, trying to put on this face, like, you know, like, yeah, I've been working hard and, you know, want to do good, but that wasn't the truth. I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't in love with surfing anymore. And I didn't, I just wanted an exit plan. Um, so that was really hard for me. And, um, I finally just came to terms where there's like, there's going to be no exit plan. There's going to be no, there's the exit sign walk right over there. Mm-hmm. I had to come to grips that it's never going to look like that. And I'm just going to have to leap and I have to paddle into this wave. And I just don't know what's going to happen. And, uh, it just took me like two years to get to that point. And, um, you know, in that conversation, that's sort of the first time publicly, um, it's just so much a relief. It's like, you mm. know, kind of like coming out of the closet where you're just like, dude, I'm so glad I get to, um, yeah. and I've talked about it with the other surfers with Taj and, um, and Freddie P Freddie Patachia. And they're just like, dude, the best day of my life was when I could tell people that I was done and retire. I'm yeah. done. <laughs> So. Got it off your chest and came back. So then how did you make that transition? I mean, you had, you already kind of mentally made the switch. You're like, Hey, I'm going to surf my last contest. It's going to be awesome. But you already knew what you're going to step into before you made that leap. Yeah. I didn't know what I was going to step into. And the fact that, um, I was like during the pipe event, um, they had gotten up to the quarters and then they had a few lay days and this is getting towards the end of December and then in January, we have um, Surf Expo in Orlando. And um, I was the sales rep for Salty Crew. So like in between, like during the contest, essentially, while it's still on, I'm, I'm in the quarterfinals. I haven't surfed it yet, but I'm making appointments, you know. Oh, wow. um, and I remember it was Aqua East. Um, and Susan had wrote me back like, what the heck are you doing, dude? You're in a freaking contest right now. You're trying to make an appointment with me. Like, how about you wait till you're done with this contest and then write me and we'll figure it out. And then I was like, okay, yeah, cool. I appreciate that. And and you're right. But just so you know, like in my mind, like I'm done. Like that yeah. season of my life is done. I get to enjoy. They're giving me a free ticket, a free pass, you know, um, but that part of my, that chapter of my life is done. Like I'm on to the next one in my mind, you know, yeah. um, this is just something I get to enjoy. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's a, that's kind of a snapshot of like, of where I was, you know, I did have a plan and essentially you could say that, oh, well, you did have an exit plan, but, um, what I wasn't prepared for and what I didn't know was, how there were so many areas in my life that I wasn't, um, I hadn't been initiated in and I wasn't mature. I was very Mm. immature. Um, uh, so these are areas like I didn't fully know how to account, you be my own accountant. I didn't know how to do my own finances. I didn't know how to, you know, handle budgets. I didn't know how to, um, I had, a tr- I had a big trouble with money because it's such a setup when you have money, you basically your whole life. And so these are areas that a normal human yeah. would be initiated. Right. But I'm 30, I'm in my mid thirties. And so that was tough for me because, um, not tough in the sense of like, Oh yeah, you would just learn it, but tough in the sense of being a normal human 
yeah. and, um, and being, being the person that I am and not having it affect me. So it just takes time. Um, and then being able to just speak into situations and essentially like, you know, offer advice or offer things to people because I just didn't have that. And until I was mm. a sales rep for a couple years, until I had to just essentially do life um, as a father and as a man and sort of just sort of managing um, the kingdom and the blessings that I had been given, um, I just didn't know how to operate, man. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it just took time. And it, I think I'm like five, six, seven years in and I'm, I, I can literally say I'm just starting to get ground in that area. Like yeah. I am just starting to, to take some real estate back. So, um, and I think as a, and I, you know, I know I'm speaking to the, a little more to the males here, but I, or maybe to the females too, because that's one thing that like, I don't think my wife knew, you know, she's like, look at this great guy. Uh, and you know, he's like, goes out and slays the dragon. He's this warrior and he's all these things that I love. And, and that's what attracts me to him. And I'm just like, and I always, I even drag on her. I'm like, dude, you just like, you caught me on my downturn. You married me when I was like nose diving <laughs> on a surfing career. And then you literally had to sit there and be patient and challenge me and all these things that you knew I could do. But you had to wait that out. I mean, you you probably won't even yeah. see the fruits of your labor for a couple more years, honey. Like, <laughs> so bless her heart. <laughs> bless that patience. Yeah. That's interesting though. And you really take a look at it for with a career like yours and many others who've pursued that path. You've lived in a very unique, relatively small world in terms of what you needed to learn the skills to really succeed. In, in a big world, you're traveling all over the place. But like you said, it's like managing budget. Like, what, what, what do we need in the kitchen to feed three kids for the week? Just the normal stuff that you never really had to focus on because your focus was, when's the next plane? When's my next heat? When's the next contest? All that kind of stuff, you know? So that's really interesting. Now you're like, you're basically shifting into like, quote unquote, normal life, so to speak, you know? And you're like, oh, how's this working out? You know, it's kind of cool. You, but what was really cool is you you intentionally jumped into that. You did it with an open heart and interest, you know, like you were stoked to do, go do that, it sounded like. That's a great point. I mean, I think the best way I can explain it is like, um, is kind of what the whole world is dealing with right now. It's like, whoa, I didn't know I was going to have to homeschool my kid. Like, yeah. they're not going back to school, right? So like, and I think what happens is you you end up telling yourself, like, I didn't sign up for this. Like, wait a minute, I, uh, I never have, I didn't have a kid because I was going to teach him school. Right. And then now all of a sudden, if you make that agreement, then you're showing up in a manner that is, um, it's really detrimental because you, you, you show up in a way that like, it's not you and you're mm -hmm. like, I got all these things to do. And you're just, you know, sort of, this is wrecking my, you know, and you got to get over that. And it just takes time. Yeah. You know, I know for yep. me and yep. everyone just sort of dealing with these things now. So imagine that, but then imagine that like in life, that's what I felt like when I got off tour, you know, yeah. um, because it was, because it's so easy for an athlete to be like, Oh, I was given the gift of surfing. So, and I'll just surf and everything else will be taken care of. Well, that did work for the majority of your life, but now that doesn't work. You know, That's right. so you really have to just totally rewire your brain because that story internally, it not only is it not true, but it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, and I know you feel this, but the, you're so fortunate to have, you know, a partner who's there to help you with that. I mean, maybe think about like other guys who maybe surf competitively in that world for 15 plus years, step out and they don't maybe have somebody there to help them. They're like, okay, now what do I do? Kind of like, I, I've seen it. Some of the local pros here in Santa Cruz are incredible guys, but they just really struggled with once they're surfing past, they're kind of just flailed around and they never really had a lot of support like hey here's what we can do next for you or here's how you could you know proceed into life and and you know it's interesting i'm sure you've seen that as well with other guys you know who've left that world yeah and look i mean i'm i don't i don't think that removes me or you from that equation really because mm -hmm. i think the easiest thing for a guy or the knee-jerk reaction for a guy to do is to sort of blow it up right i get challenged mm -hmm. and, and and my wife could sit here and tell you these stories I get challenged in an area that, you know, I haven't been initiated and I'm not, or I'm telling myself the wrong stories and I'm not, even if I'm maybe ready to go there, I just don't know, have the tools there. So we end up blowing it up, right? We ended up mm -hmm. just going, frick you. We end up getting a blow up with our lady. And then we normally just end up blowing it up, right? We're just like, yeah. And then she left me and, um, you know, now I'm a single dad and, um, yeah. we, because that's the other option, right? If we're not ready to be initiated in challenges in the areas that make us feel really, really uncomfortable, we just blow it up and then we go on to the next one, right? Yeah. And and we can see those patterns with our friends. We can see patterns with those. Um, and it's just, I mean, basically you just have to um, make discomfort your friend and you have to make it your friend, not only mentally, but physically and spiritually where an uncomfortable place um, produces great things and, um, and just try not to blow it up in the process. And, uh, and, um, yeah, that's what I've had to do, man. And, and like I said, I, I don't think any guys removed from that. It's, it takes some of us longer to learn than others. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Cause some never do, unfortunately. Yeah. That, <laughs> but, that, uh, is, but, that is true. Though it's cool too. Like you, I, I don't want to say reinvent, but you continue to evolve. And here's where I'm going with this. Like you're, you're super focused on surfing. You've, you've, you're, you'll still always surf. You're still in the industry you're doing all that stuff. But now it's like, you know, you've just created a movie. Like that's just not something you do overnight. Like you worked really hard. You failed through that and you did it. You succeeded, you know, fumbled through it. Cause when you learn something new, always do you're podcasting now. It's like you're continuing to evolve yourself in these different ways, you know, which I think is, is really commendable, you know? So, you, you know, so now talk about that. We talked about the movie and two if by C, which kind of segues into your life, but now with like salty crew, which you've been heavily involved with since the beginning, you guys have a podcast now called ships log. So talk about the premise behind that. Yeah. I mean, essentially that for like in an, in a naive sort of way, um, you know, we go into quarantine and lockdown and I'm just like, okay, how do I'm, you know, how do I contribute to the brand in this time, you know, and what are the tools at my disposal to be able to do that? And I know I'm going to not be that great. I know I'm going to, you know, suck at the beginning. I know there's going to be pros and cons, but I kind of just need to dive into the area, you know? So, um, I hit up Hayden and Jared, um, you know, the founders of Salty Crew. And I'd be like, hey, I want to do um, Salty Stories, the ship log, ship's logbook is what we were calling it. Um, and then I just want a long form story tell the crew, 
you know, here's the crew, here's the stories. Um, and I just want a long form story tell that like, you know, so essentially what we're doing right now, um, mm -hmm. are you guys cool with that? And I'll just send you the audio file and the video file and then, um, just tell me what you guys think. And so we started doing that under, um, under salty crew and it's still a work in progress. Like I'm practicing, um, and I'm just trying to, um, you know, pull the stories out of, out of our crew. And, um, yeah, so far so good. And it's, it's been fun. Um, so that was kind of like just the, you know, the, the, the real quick story, but then the sort of like higher level, um, you know, these things that we talk about, uh, I think when you get to an area in your life and you, and you start understanding that like, okay, you got to be initiated and you got to go to areas that are uncomfortable. And you, I think there's a part of you that is just, you kind of just start looking at everything as an adventure. And I know we were talking mm -hmm. about this earlier and like, mm -hmm. well, let's just jump in this adventure. And like, even if we fail, we'll learn a lot along the way. And, um, and let's try to strip performance out of this. I'm, I'm going to try to not be a performer here. I'm just going to like put it out there and, and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think those things become contagious and maybe, um, the podcasts that you see or these things that I'm doing, look at them more just symptoms of, um, of me just, um, being fathered along in life really. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's just kind of what it is. And it's, I, I really feel like the same thing that you're doing, you know, you're, you're in the technology world. I know we talked about like, what is, what do these things look like going forward? How does the world sort of, um, package all this stuff up that we've done um and allow you know humans essentially to you know operate and get the most out of it but not feeling like crap and not feeling like because the internet is a um it can be a very soul-sucking place right and how, yeah, how do we offer how do we offer life in it um so yeah kind of went on a couple different tangents there but no, but I, I think it's like, honestly, extremely smart of you guys, Salty Crew, to do this. And I tell you this for the following reason, like you're trying to ultimately end of the day, maintain a business, right? You grow your brand and you do that with amazing people on your team. You do that with great product, but you have to stay in front of people. You have to stay in, in, in their view, you know, and you could have, we have they, all your guys have Instagram handles and that's cool. And like, I love watching Dwayne Diego, but I've seen him haul tons of fish, but I don't know his story. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I would love to hear what it's like for him to get broken off by the first time by that 200 pound, pound bluefin tuna. I can't capture that in a, you know, whatever, the 300 character Instagram post. So that's why when you guys as a brand, you have just an insanely rich set of stories underneath you with all your guys, you know, and when you can bring that up, it's going to tie all of us who already like your brand to the brand even more closely, you know? So I just think it's really smart. It's the right time. And you're sitting on just a gold mine of stories, you know, with all your people. And, and I really appreciate that. And, um, that's a perfect segue. I can, uh, I can send this to, um, Dwayne as a call out because, you know, he's in, he's in boat jail right now and he gets one that. day off and it's Saturday. And I think we're on five or six weeks going of like, bro, you think you could do a Saturday? Cause I've been trying to do essentially yeah. do, um, a salty stories ships logbook with them. And it's just been hard. And, and a part of me feels bad of, of asking that from him in this sort of season that he's in, but, um, dude, his stories are so rich. And, uh, so there you go, Dwayne. 
little call Dude. out. Little call Gotta out do here. it. <laughs> Gotta do it. No, I mean, so I, I love what you guys are doing, man. And I think it's going to be, you know, you'll, again, like anything, you jump in, you're like, oh, that sucked. I didn't do that right. Oh, that was kind of cool. And then like, you know, fast forward a few weeks, months, you'd be crushing it, you know? So I don't know. I, I, I'm a huge supporter and uh, I think it's rad. And I, we also had, I just listened to your pod, your episode with Amadeo. Bachar, who I had on, who's oh, yeah. here in Santa Cruz and who does art, he's like other level, you know. So uh yeah, it's just cool, man. It, how's his, how's his lady doing? How's how's um Um, you know, I haven't heard recently. He was supposed yeah, to. We had invited him on a boat trip with us last week and he wasn't able to. You know, his wife's been going through some health issues and I haven't heard the latest, you know, fingers yep. crossed and thinking about them. Um, but you know, the stories of people like that, Dwayne, Diego, I mean, you name it. I mean, rap boy, everybody's like there's not enough out there. You know, it's those stories of those people. So you could be a hundred of my podcasts, a hundred of your podcasts. We still wouldn't scratch the surface oh, of all nah. the cool stories that are out there, you know? So it's just rad what you guys are up to. Oh, no, I appreciate that. And I guess we're just sort of slip streaming into your, into your foresight here. Um, as it relates to, <laughs> as it relates to the podcast world, look, you've been doing a lot longer than us, but, um, uh, I had a point and I forgot what I was. Oh, you know, that's what I was going to say. So like, as it relates to like, you know, um, brand and sort of like, I've always sort of had the understanding whether it's right or wrong, um, that all I have, all we have to do is essentially capture 10, 15% of, you know, the market, because we're, all we got to do is capture the core people. If we're able to capture mm -hmm. the core, then you get everything else that, is given to you by doing that. But if you can never capture the core, your core yeah. audience, you don't deserve anything else. So yeah. I never look at it like I got to go out and, you know, conquer and, you know, slay all these, these things. All I got to do is focus on a very small mm -hmm. demographic um, and essentially just, just give them in a platform and invite them along. Um, and then, and then, you know, much is given from that. Yeah, that's it, man. I totally agree. I, I totally, totally agree. So, you know, folks listening, and, you know, I was, we'll put all these links in the show notes, but, you know, Ship's Log, you find Salty Crew Podcast, you can find it on Spotify, your website. So go check it out, like, right now. Add it, follow it, like it, do all that kind of stuff. Uh, um, I appreciate that, man. Uh, yeah, man. So kind of round this out, CG, I kind of want to wrap up with just, like, you know, your own personal connection today with the ocean, you know, like you got into this as a grom years ago, cause you just, you just couldn't tear yourself away from the ocean and surfing. But now today, I mean, that connection for you, how you, you're in Orlando, there's a lot of water. Mm -hmm. Now it's again, you're not just a bike ride to the beach anymore, you know? So how are you, where are you at with your own kind of personal connection and maintaining that need that we all have for getting in the water and just, uh, you know, feeling that flow and all the other stuff we get out of it. Yeah. It's, um, the, to go like real ground level, it would be equivalent to, um, if you've ever, you know, fasted or if you've ever gone vegan or if you've ever given up, um, you know, alcohol for a period of time, if you've ever given up, you know, sex for a period of time, like if you give up something, if you don't scratch that itch, then when you go back to it, you enjoy it on another level that you never knew. Mm -hmm. So, um, I really, and I'm actually struggling right now because it's like a six hour drive to the, um, to the panhandle and we have, there's two storms in the Gulf right now. Mm -hmm. And I know the waves are going to be fun. And um, I'm thinking about just, I'm going to probably pull all nighter 
tonight, drive there, surf all day Tuesday and pull on at your back. <laughs> um, to, uh, so I can be back to the fam. Um, but by doing all these things and sort of giving it up and really giving up surfing um, and not sort of giving up that addiction, it allows, it's allowed me to enjoy and this is not for everybody, but it's allowed me to enjoy surfing in a way that like I never knew. And it's funny because I had those conversations with my brother now and um, he's he's like on a similar path too. Um, and like I can just say like when I go on a trip, I just enjoy it too. Mm. Like, I mean, the performance level, the cool thing is as long as I, you know, stay halfway good shape um mentally physically um that gifts it d- hasn't been removed from me it only takes mm. like 15 or 20 minutes to get the basically the base of it back um which is really cool and then there's no performance there so i literally i just enjoy it to a level that it is just like it's it's really kind of undescribable yeah yeah that's sweet man and then how about your your crew your groms i mean getting them in the water too and introducing them like what's that what are you up to with that yeah, I mean, we're always scheming and working um, as far as it relates to like family trips, family trips around mm-hmm. the ocean. Um, we're actually trying to organize this uh, Maldives trip. Um, cool. You know, you're always trying to, as we go back to like, where are opportunities, right? Where, you know, where can we get deals? Where can we make something happen? You know, um, obviously in this environment that we're in now, you know, yeah, it will be a risk. You know, me and my wife were talking about it. She's like, well, what do you mm-hmm. think? And, you know, you kind of, cause you can peel the layers back and it's just like, you know, um, we're going to be going through some areas that, you know, aren't like, you know, maybe cannot be American friendly or Christian friendly. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, as the, you know, COVID will expose these things a lot. It'll expose everything in our lives where, you know, we're giving up margins and stuff like that. And, and I'm just like, hey, I think it's worth the risk, you know? Like, if you think mm-hmm. it's worth the risk, and then we we do this, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, I sort of got off on a little tangent there. But, yeah, but as far as my family, yeah, like, that's that's who we're fighting for right now, yep. you know? Yep. And um, su- them surfing. Um, I have two girls that play volleyball now, um, you know, gymnastics. It is – it's just – dude, it's the hodgepodge, man. It is just like, <laughs> yeah. what, what do you guys want to do today? You know, yeah, they got man. these deals at Universal Studios right now where oh, like, really? if you buy a pass, <laughs> it, it lasts for the rest of the year. And, <laughs> and it's it's like 20 minutes away from me. And like if I go on dude. a weekday, it's dude, there's no one there. Wow, that's like, rad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're getting exposed to, but I get it's worth the risk. Like we're yeah, man. I know that's, and it's yeah. there. <laughs> dude I, that's the that's the world now it's like balance the risk of going to do that versus not versus sitting at home and like yeah, yeah you and i understand and, everyone's in a different situation yeah like, I, you can't apply your situation to me i can't apply no. my situation to you but yeah. um we still have the same mindset of like okay yeah. what are we gonna do yeah 100 percent, 100 right on cj well dude this has been a lot of fun and i really appreciate your time um love and to if I see the movie, I'll put links. People can find it on Amazon Prime. I saw it on Red Bull, Ship's Log Podcast. You're like the media mogul now, man. You got that. Uh, <laughs> find that on Spotify, all the podcast platforms on Salted Crew website. And just, dude, thank you, man. It's been so rad chatting with you today. Oh, no, man. Thanks so much for reaching out. Pleasure is all mine. And um, yeah, it doesn't feel like I'm, I'm, honestly, it doesn't feel. It just feels like I'm 
sort of just living, right? Um, so yeah. that's a cool part. And I just want to encourage everyone um, listening to, uh, yeah, just find those areas and um, and uh, go for it. And and it's the Do long it. game. It takes time. We've talked about yeah. seven years, ten years, two years. I mean these these are long game stuff, but they um, but it's worth it. Yeah, hundred percent. Good, good, good advice, man. Well, thank you so much, TJ, and uh, we'll keep tracking you, man. All right, bro. Have a great day, Josh. All right, thanks. You too. Right. Cheers, man. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another podcast episode. Can't do it without you. If you like what you heard, would really appreciate you sharing the podcast with people you know who might enjoy the stories that we hear and the guests we have on. And of course, even better reduce plastic, do something good for the ocean and for each other. Thanks again. We'll catch you on the next episode.